0: Genesis, chapter 39. We are applying the chapters of Genesis, and as we get to chapter 39, we're going to go back to a discussion of Joseph. As I promised you, when we got to 37, was it? Maybe maybe even earlier than that. Joseph is going to be our main character through the rest of the book of Genesis, okay? But we did have that little intervening moment in chapter 38 where we talked about Judah. All right, well, we're going to go back to, jo- to Joseph now, and he is definitely going to dominate the rest of the time. But in chapter 39, um, we're going to see Joseph in in, in prison. And uh, we're going to see some things that can be applied to our life via uh, the experiences of Joseph. Here are the five questions that I have uh, gotten ready for you so that you can uh, put them, uh, screenshot them. And perhaps uh, as we move through this, you'll be able to answer the questions. And those of you who are part of the School of Biblical Studies, when Friday comes along, you'll be able to just fill in the answers. All right, chapter 39. As we look at 39, I'm going to give it this particular title. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Um, As we see this segment of Joseph's life, this particular phrase, I think, really comes to light. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. The testimony of Joseph's life early on as he arrives in Egypt... And he's sold to Potiphar, then put into prison, and all that he goes through. The testimony of his life is so powerful. Because I find myself in a much less hurtful way, much less uh, persecuted way, whining and complaining and not having the self-discipline to see the positive side. And yet, it seems like that, that Joseph, in, in our passage today, he's just always looking on the positive. He's being blessed by God, and almost like Annie. You know, sun will come up tomorrow. And that's kind of the, the feeling you get when you, when you read through this early segment with regards to Joseph. So let's just get into it. Whatever you do, whatever you do, understand this, it will draw a blessing for others. If you do it in the name of God, if you do it as Joseph did, if you have that positive, any kind of feeling when you can, you can find something positive, even in the negative, whatever you do, in order to do all in the name of the Lord, well, that's going to draw a blessing for others. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed. Uh, So Joseph found favor in in, in his sight and attended him, and he made him overseer over his entire house, and he put him in charge of all that he had. From that time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and field. You're you're familiar with this chapter. This is, of course, the chapter where jo- Potiphar's wife is going to try to have a relationship with Joseph, an inappropriate relationship with Joseph. Joseph can't do that. He turns to flee. She grabs his coat, rips it right off his back, and then she lies about what took place. That's all part of the story. But I don't really want to go there, except to to remind you that. Uh, what we have happening in Joseph's life is just tragic from beginning to end. And, and even in this situation where it would have been easy for me to give up on God, I Joseph doesn't do that. He says, I can't give up on my God. I can't give up on the values of my uh, of the God who, who continues to watch over me. I probably, being my weak faith, I probably would have said, God's given up on me. I'll give up on him. But not Joseph. you got to really appreciate this. But the thing that I think is so dynamic about this, whatever you do, Joseph said, whatever I do, word or deed, I'm going to make sure that God gets the glory and that God looks good. And guess what happens? In that process, even others get blessed. The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Because Joseph was his man and Joseph was living as he should live, God even blesses the household of Potiphar. I was thinking about this the other day as I was putting this lesson together. You ever wonder what happened years later when Joseph... He becomes second in command over all of Egypt. You think Potiphar's wife kind of was shaken, thinking, oh here, that's the guy I lied about. And now he's like second in command. He's like Pharaoh number two. You ever wonder what happened? Now, I don't know. Maybe she died before then. The scripture doesn't ever give it to us. But the fact of the matter is, Joseph was a man, and we'll see later on, that he's very forgiving towards his brother. Joseph was a man who had a godly character. And because he had a godly character, God reigned in his life and gave him the blessings that overflowed into the life of others. My challenge for you with this first point is that you need to recognize that just by walking into a room, you bring the blessing of God upon those folks in that room. The way you conduct yourself, the, the things you say, the, the, the actions that, uh, that come from you. All of these things are a blessing. If nothing else, they get to see a living example of Jesus. You are a walking blessing. Make sure you take full advantage of that. I have some shirts that I had printed up. I got one for every day of the week. And it, it just says one word across the front, Jesus. I love wearing my Jesus shirts because people recognize so often that I am trying to make sure they see him, not me. I can't tell you the number of people who come by and say, I love your shirt. You know what my response to that to them is? I do too. In fact, I had a, a guy, I think he might have even been homeless the other day as I was passing by, as I was going into the post office, and he walked by and said, I love your shirt. I said, I love you. It gives me the opportunity to shine Jesus. Let them see Jesus. Forget Sonny Childs, Let him see Jesus. Well, in that process... I am presenting a blessing to other people. Do you do this? I do all the time. Driving down the road, see somebody with a flat tire, but there are four lanes over there. I can't get to them. Whatever, Maybe they even have somebody, a wrecker or something that's helping them. And I pray God bless that person. They're having a bad day. Be a blessing. Because Joseph was God's man, whenever he entered the room, he brought a blessing. You're going to see this in the prison cell as well. In the initial moments, as Potiphar buys him, brings him into the house, Potiphar is so overwhelmed by the, the quality of this man's life, he he just turns his hire, all the, the, the dealings of his household turned over to Joseph. You're in charge, man. And the house was blessed for Joseph's sake. You will bring a blessing for your sake. God will bless that context. If you will live out the values that God has for you to live out. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Second thing, (coughs) if you do that, it will draw attention from the evildoers. (coughs) This middle point is the negative one of the three. But it is definitely worth understanding. Because the warning needs to be understood before you enter into this uh, commitment, this covenant with God. I am going to serve you, Father. And I'm going to put you first. I'm going to put on a positive face, regardless of what the world does to me. And God says, well, before you make that commitment, understand this. Not everybody's going to like you. In fact, many folks won't like you. Same shirt. Cindy and I went into a restaurant the other day, and as we were sitting down at the restaurant, uh, a bunch of teenagers, it was a Friday night, and a bunch of teenagers are sitting over there, and I saw them looking at my shirt and then turning to each other and laughing because of... It's going to happen. People aren't going to like you, even when you do represent Jesus. Notice this second point. As you come on down here, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. The wife's going to you know, make passes at him. He said, I can't do that. And uh, essentially his reasoning to the wife who's coming on to him is this. Look, you belong to this other guy, not me. And how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now, again, as I've already said, at this particular point, I've been sold by my brothers. I find myself going from being the favored child in my household to being a servant in your household doing my best down here, and now God allows me to have this false accusation presented against me. I don't know whether my faith would have been strong enough or not. I might have given up on God right there, but not Joseph. Joseph says, even in that situation, even though it seems like God has turned his back on me, I'm not going to turn my back on God, and I am going to keep God's value system. And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her. He's not going to do it. Because his value system is rooted in God. I said to God, here's my deal. I give you everything. That's the way Joseph lived. That's the way Sonny Childs needs to live. And if I'll do that, I need to understand by way of warning, it will draw the attention of evildoers. If you're willing to put your job on the line for the sake of speaking the truth, there are folks who will take your job away from you. I know, personally. But that doesn't mean you should give up on God, and it certainly doesn't mean that you should give up on the truth, which is God. So the second point you need to understand, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, and it's going to bring persecution from evildoers. Number three. Whatever you do in word or deed, it will draw favor from the hardened. Even the hardened individuals of this world will see it, and they will appreciate it back to my Jesus shirt. I can't tell you the number of times that I've had people who you would not associate with being Christian. The way that they look, the way that they act, even the context that they are in, and yet you can find them saying, boy, I appreciate that shirt. I like that shirt. Even from the hardened evil, there will be people who will recognize that Jesus is Jesus is, is supreme. As you come to verses 20 through 23, Joseph's master took him, put him into prison, and he's got to be saying, what in the world? I can't believe this. You know, I'm doing my best down here, and now God allows me to even be thrown into prison. I probably would have given up at that point, but not Joseph. The keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. He gets to prison, and instead of having the, oh whiny me, he just does his best. He gets after it, doing what he needs to do. And God blesses that. And because of that, notice in this one, God blesses the prison situation. That's a lot like this first point. It'll draw a blessing from others. But notice that it will draw favor from the hardened. <clears throat> now, you might say, Sonny, you're making a lot of implications here or, or assumptions here. But I want you to think about a prison keeper. Probably not the best of people. I mean, he's got to deal with criminals, right? all the time, probably didn't have the, you know, the the nicest terminologies in the way that he referenced people and things around about him. You know, he probably was a very crude individual. He probably was brutal. He probably was a big guy that was able to force folks to do things because he's in charge of the prison system. But notice that Joseph, because of his love for God, his test, his living testimony for God, Joseph is quick to be elevated to a point where he now is in charge of all the prisoners. Even the hardened prison guard can see the value of Joseph and his values that are rooted in the values of God. And so when you see this story unfold, you got to understand that whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord because three things are going to happen. One, it's going to draw a blessing for other people. Two, it's going to draw attention from the evildoers. And even in that, remember what the apostles would say as they were beaten for doing the will of God. They, they praised God, suffered themselves, or, or, or considered themselves worthy to be beaten and to, to, to be persecuted and to hurt for the cause of Jesus. What a, what a great honor that is. It will draw attention from the evildoers. And number three, it will draw favor from even the hardened will see and they'll appreciate. Now, let me make this application to you real quickly. Let me get a drink real quick. I think this is really important. As we see the lives of Christians play out in our world. So often, we as Christians are known for a building. We're known for a Sunday morning. Oh, you're the ones who dress up in clothing that you don't normally wear throughout the week, and you go to a building and you sit in a pew facing the back of the head of the fellow in front of you, underneath this vaulted ceiling, facing an elevated pulpit, and you go through the motions of a corporate worship service, only to leave that place and go from there to eat Sunday lunch at the restaurant, where you're upset at the waitress or the waiter because they don't get your food there as quickly as you wanted it. You don't leave much of a tip if you leave anything at all. And you leave this horrible, horrible example. I want you to understand that, this is going to sound harsh, but I believe that there are many Christians in America today who are actually doing more harm to the will of God than they are helping. Individuals who are going through the motion. Motions that are very complacent in their approach, very methodical, mechanical, and let's go pay off God this morning, Sunday morning service. Let's, you know, suffer through another sermon and we get in these two hours and we can have the rest of the week for ourselves. Our testimony has to be 24 7. Our example has to be one that is ongoing as a lifestyle, not one that we assume we can pay off God once a week by getting into that fine cathedral-like setting we have got to be people who live it whether you're wearing your old dirty blue jeans because you just crawled out from underneath the house like i did yesterday morning or you're in your fancy suit at a funeral service like i did just a few days ago either way you need to be christian you need to show the world christ and the values that you have now let me ask very personally that you pray for me because i'm not always good at this it really, really bugs me when individuals take advantage of me, when they're not kind to me, when they cut me off in traffic, whatever it may be. But even in those situations, I must, I absolutely must represent God. Saw a bumper sticker, actually, bumper, one of those thick decals in the back of a window. Two of them, actually. On the left, my mom is an angel in heaven. <clears throat> On the right, another phrase, equal in size, use the word for a female dog. And I thought to myself, that's so indicative of what I see in Christianity so often. Individuals who will represent God when it's convenient, but not represent God when it's inconvenient. If your church building that sits empty for the majority of the week offers you a convenient mode to pay off God, I just have to show up for an hour and a half, two hours every Sunday morning, and then I can move on with my life. You're doing more harm for, to Christianity than you are good. I would say to you, as Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3 to the church of Laodicea, your, your lukewarm complacency, it makes me sick. We need You need to repent of that, to come to the Lord and be passionate. On the other hand, perhaps you're one of those folks, and I know many of them, I have several of them in my life, that they are forever shining Jesus. They're just always on top of their game because they recognize there's always somebody who is... They're watching them. Stopped on my way home just yesterday. Saw a dear sister in the Lord who I have worshipped with many for many years. 90 years old today. And I stopped and I told her, I said, Boy, I appreciate you. I love you. And I appreciate the continued testimony you have for a positive spirit in, the, in this world. Remember, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. If you'll do that, you will bring a blessing to those within your context. If you do that, you will draw attention from evildoers because you're shining a light into a very dark place. And if you do that, you will draw the favor from even the most hardened individuals because the blessings that come from Jesus cannot be hidden, even in the darkest of places. He is a light shining into the dark world. And as he illuminates that, even some of the most hardened individuals will benefit. And so I beg of you, whatever you do in word or deed, Do it all in the name of the Lord. Here are the questions that we tried to cover in that particular lesson.